Hi everyone, you are listening to the Sunshiny Thoughts Podcast, a podcast designed to encourage, uplift, and inspire moms on the journey of motherhood. I am your host, Johnny Pinkasek, and I'm so glad you tuned into today's show. My guest co-host today is a fellow conference speaker from the I Am Enough in Christ Women's Conference. She will be a keynote speaker at one of our upcoming conferences, Jen Baxter. Jen is here to teach you about what it is to live a fast life. It's not what you're thinking, and I guarantee you're going to learn some valuable information on how to declutter and live the life that God has intended for you. So grab your notebook, your cup of coffee, or your drink of choice, and join me back here in a few minutes as we talk with my friend, Jen Baxter. Hi, everyone. We are back, and you've tuned into the Sunshiny Thoughts podcast. Welcome, Jen, to the show. I'm so glad you're here. Why don't you tell, so I told our listeners a little bit about how you learned to live a fast life, and I didn't get into quite what that means. So why don't you tell our listeners a little about about yourself? Okay, so I'll tell you first, I guess, what Live a Fast Life actually stands for, because I think sometimes when people hear fast life, they think I mean like high rolling, fast cars, and it's quite the opposite of that. Um, FAST is actually an acronym, and it stands for Fabulous, Abundant, Simple, and Tiny. And really, the whole reason I came up with that was because I felt like a lot of times people think that the more they simplify their life, that it means deprivation, and it means boredom, and, oh, you have to give up everything you love, and that I actually found it's quite the opposite. And that the more you simplify your life, then the more fabulous and abundant it actually becomes because your focus is now really on just what matters and you're kind of getting rid of all of that excess. So the T for tiny um, came in with my own personal story because I actually downsized all the way to a 160 square foot tiny house on wheels. Um, and really this whole, this whole thing about simplifying my life was all God's idea. It was not my idea. Um, I had been through a series of traumatic events in my life, just back to back to back. And I was in an abusive relationship. Um, as soon as I got out of that relationship, my father passed away from stage four cancer. Mm-hmm. Um, then about Three years later, my mom also was diagnosed with stage four cancer. Then she passed away. And then my health took like a huge nosedive. And that was actually in response to all of the things I had just been through. I ended up with advanced adrenal fatigue. And really at that point, I was just kind of, I was just depleted in every way possible. I was spiritually depleted, physically, emotionally. And I feel like God just sort of reached down and was like, all right, we're going we're gonna to clean up your life. And it really was just about stripping away all the excess in every area of my life. So it, was, it started with the physical belongings, um, and he really just kind of detached me from physical items. And I was able to get rid of about 80% of my stuff and move into this tiny house. But then it just kept going from there, and I really kind of simplified, like, the food I ate just kind of like got rid of all the junk and all the excess and really just got back to eating in a way that was as close to natural as possible. And even that again was related to my faith because it was like, okay, well, God didn't create potato chips that taste like garlic bread and God didn't create Gatorade that's bright fluorescent blue. So 
it was like just getting back to eating very naturally, to using products that were very natural. And by doing those things, that was then helping heal my adrenals. And then the emotional, spiritual part was kind of actually the biggest part, I think. But um, it was tied in with the other two things as well. So I feel like he really just started cleaning up a lot of emotional clutter and spiritual clutter that I had just kind of been stuffing inside over the years and really just stripping me down in every way. And that's kind of where the whole brand came from and where the book came from, because the more I realized like, oh my gosh, my life is so much better now than it was before. And who knew that just by simplifying your life that you could actually sort of like release this secret of like, oh, this is what I was supposed to be living like this whole time. Well, yeah, and that weight kind of lifts off of you, you know, and you said when people think when they have to simplify or simplify or declutter that they're going to ha not have much, you know. We, we have a situation right now where a lot of the kids' clothes got um, left behind in Colorado, and so I felt like, oh, I just have to go to the store and buy more and more and more. And then I look at it, and I'm like, no, that's more laundry. Right. <laughs> <laughs> they're good with what they have. So when you started the process, how did you, how did you start decluttering and detoxifying? Um, I definitely started with the, the physical stuff first, the physical items first. And really, I just kind of, I dove in once I knew, once I had this goal in my head of, I want to live in this tiny house. And that was really driven by the idea that I was going to be mortgage free and rent free. Okay. And so that was just, that was my goal. And that helped me to really be more objective about all my stuff. And I think I was kind of in this state too, where I just wanted, I just wanted to feel clean and like streamlined and lighter. And I had been moving. I mean, I'm no different than most other people. I had been moving this random stuff around for years. Mm -hmm. Like every time I moved, I just moved all this random stuff. And it was just, you know, like old books and craft supplies that I didn't use and just random things. And I really kind of finally could see them. And it was just like, okay, now I can really decide what I actually want to be in this tiny little space with me and what I don't. And as I did the physical decluttering, this, the spiritual and emotional stuff just kind of happened because we put so much emotional value on our objects that I was sort of forced to deal with a lot of emotional baggage because I was going through old photographs and I was pulling out, you know, old letters and souvenirs from family trips and my graduation gown and my prom gown and all this stuff. So I sort of had to address, okay, well, why, why is it so hard for me to let go of this object? And that was what sort of started the catalyst for doing the emotional work that went along with it. And as far as like the detoxing, I ended up going to see a naturopathic doctor um, because I had really, I reached my end of my rope with traditional medicine um, just because I had gone to like every kind of doctor under the sun and every, everybody told me nothing was wrong with me. Everybody told me they wanted to put me on like anti-anxiety medication or antidepressants, basically mm -hmm. telling me that I was making it all up in my head. And I knew my body literally felt like it was falling apart on me, like from head to toe. So eventually I went to a naturopathic doctor and um, he was the first one that 
finally was like, no, these are all, all these symptoms are very real and they're very connected. And it's because my adrenals were basically just like busted because they had been operating at the highest level because I had been in such stressful situations so mm -hmm. continuously. And so really once I, once I finally knew what was happening, then I just kind of went full steam ahead and read books about it and, you know, continued with the naturopath and there's no magic pill for adrenals. It's just all lifestyle stuff. So it's just eating healthier, getting more sleep. Um, I did do some meditation, but not like the, the thing where you say ohm and you sit and, you know, clear your mind. It wasn't that so much as it was. Um, I did a lot of like vis visualization. Mm -hmm. um, so I would spend time being very still and very quiet and, and really consciously trying to, in my mind, see myself handing over all of this stuff that I had inside of me, handing it over to God and really releasing a lot of these old feelings. And, you know, that worked tremendously. And it's funny because it's not, I mean, the stuff, that kind of thing doesn't cost any money. Anybody can do it at any time, but I think we all are just so rushing and so go, go, go all the time that we don't even make time to do something as simple as that, as like sitting, being still, addressing how we feel and, you know, consciously making an effort to actually get that stuff out of your body because the more you hold on to that, the more it's going to physically affect you. Well, and, and a lot of that goes back to, you know, people who are bitter, they hold on to it and then yes. they sick. Yes. Know? People who hold on to, you know, I have friends who hold on to grudges and can't forgive people. And it's like, I'm, I'm kind of the opposite. My husband says I'm too quick to forgive people. Um, but I just, I don't want to be bitter. I don't want to hold on to it. I, I just, God forgave me. I'm, I'm good. Right. So now one of the major, besides the downsizing, we talk about clean eating mm -hmm. and that's everywhere in the media right now. We've got the keto diet, the paleo diet, you name it, it's there. So what does clean eating mean to you and what does it look like? It's funny. Cause I'm glad you asked that because Again, to me, for me personally, it was very much related to this journey that God had me on. And I feel like he showed me this visual. He speaks to me in visuals a lot. And I feel like he showed me this visual of kind of like, this is how I created everything right here in the middle. And then outside of it, there's all this other stuff. There's all this noise and there's all this baggage and there's all this toxic stuff and all this you know, stuff that I didn't create that's all outside of this. And I want you to just kind of focus as much as you can on this right here in the middle, the way I created it. And that made it super simple for me because like I said earlier, it was like, well, that makes it very obvious. God created a potato. God created a tomato and a cucumber. God did not create these chips that taste like garlic bread. Like it was very clear <laughs> to me, like, okay, well, that makes sense. And it was tying in very well, because that's kind of what I had to do for my adrenals anyway, was I had to really cut out the sugar and the caffeine and the alcohol. And um, salt is actually okay for adrenals, because you, you kind of bust through your sodium really fast when your um, adrenals are depleted. So mm -hmm. it wasn't even that I had to necessarily cut out salt, but just like processed foods and genetically modified foods and just all this crazy stuff that we we all just eat and don't really even think about what am I actually putting in my body. And as soon as I started eating differently, I mean, things started changing almost immediately. 
I was shocked because there were certain things about myself that I just thought were quote unquote, just me. I thought, well, I just have a, a sensitive stomach. That's just me. And so I thought my entire life was just going to be me, you know, always feeling a little, eh, I don't know how that's going to sit with me. And, you know, my hands shook all the time. And I thought, I'm just a shaky person. People would ask me why I'm shaking. I'm like, oh, that's just me. Like right when I changed my diet, I also had really, really bad, like cystic acne on my face. And I wasn't sleeping through the night. I had really bad insomnia. And I changed my diet. And it was like, immediately, my face cleared up. Immediately, I started sleeping through the night. Immediately, I stopped shaking. And, you know, my stomach started being better. And I thought, this is crazy. Like, all I did was change the food I was eating. I didn't take any kind of medication or anything. And so that really kind of shook me. It made me realize like, okay, well, I'm pretty much in control of how I feel. So if I want to indulge in some awful food, that's great. And that's fine. And I can, but I know I'm going to feel bad later. And so it really, again, wasn't about deprivation or about like, trying to be strict with myself. It was like, do I want to feel good? Or do I want to feel bad? That's kind of what's been my guiding principle, I guess. And I don't follow any particular diet. Um, I am gluten-free because I realized that I feel better when I don't have gluten. And when I do, I, I can feel it. I, can, I have brain fog. I can't really concentrate very well. My stomach gets upset. You know, again, which way would I rather feel? Pretty simple. So I do always gluten-free. I try to really cut out sugar as much as possible because, again, it just makes me feel better. I don't shake as much. I don't have these highs and lows all throughout the day. I sleep better. And I never have been much of a dairy person, but I do try to stay away from dairy, again, just for my stomach and really just kind of eat, you know, fresh foods, organic foods. I'm not a vegetarian. I still eat meat, but I try to eat clean meats, meaning, you know, antibiotic-free, yeah. grass-fed. I try to buy it from farmer's markets locally as much as possible because then I can actually stand there and talk to the farmer and find out, like, do you use pesticides? Do you, you know, feed your animals grain? And just just be more aware of what I'm putting in my body. That's like the basic, simple guideline, I feel like, is just being aware of what I put in my body and knowing that if I put good in, I'm going to get good out. Yeah. And, and it's it's amazing what a little difference of, of just changing your eating will do. I went on the ketogenic diet for a very short amount of time. I think it was about two months um, because of my seizures. It's amazing because I didn't have seizures anymore. I just kept dropping weight. Right. <laughs> You've seen me and I'm not that big to start with. So right. I finally went and I'm like, well, I'm seizure free, but if I lose any more weight, I'm going to be down to a hundred pounds. So right. um, something's got to give here, you know, but even in just that little snippet of time, I noticed my stomach didn't hurt anymore mm -hmm. and have the nausea and that that I have with food. And I have a love hate relationship with food because my son Jack has eosinophilic esophagitis, which means he's allergic to the top six allergens. He can't have them. He can't have dairy. He can't have um, gluten. No eggs, um, no soy, no nuts. There's one more, and I can't quite remember it right now. But it's it's very hard to cook for him sometimes because there's a lot of stuff he can't have. He can have fruits and vegetables, but don't add anything to them. And I look at how he eats and how much healthier he's been since he's eating that way. Mm -hmm. And it's like, oh my goodness, it's a night and day difference for right. him because he's gotten healthier and the rest of us have eaten some processed stuff because my husband likes his mac and cheese. 
Well, yeah, and I feel like I actually wrote a blog post about, um, I just, I saw some articles that were talking about how clean eating was like becoming detrimental to people and Mm -hmm. that they were ending up with like eating disorders and that they were, you know, so focused on not eating unhealthy food that they were like starving themselves. And I had to, I don't ever get into anything that I feel like is remotely controversial, but I had to write a blog post about it because I was like, I'm sorry, but it's just about common sense. I mean, and like you were just saying, you tried keto and it didn't necessarily work for you because you were losing too much weight. It's the same thing. I feel like for everybody that like, obviously if you try something and it's not working for you then make tweaks and, and, you know, do something else. If you are not sensitive to dairy, by all means, eat as much dairy as you want. I don't do very well with dairy. So it's really, it's not even about like, following these certain rules or being so strict with yourself. I think it's literally just, again, trying to eat as naturally as possible. Just trying to think, okay, well, you know, is this food that I'm about to put in my body clean and natural and as close to as, you know, it was created to be as possible? Or is it full of artificial colors and chemicals and genetically modified? Like, it's just kind of very simple to me. And I feel like it's just about common sense. And then you just kind of tweak it for whatever works best for you within that. So what advice would you have for a mom that wants to start clean eating with her family? Where would you tell her to start? I mean, really, it can be as simple as, again, just kind of paying more attention to what you're buying, even within like what you're already doing. So maybe if you've never bought organic produce before, like start switching to organic produce and, you know, cleaning up that pesticide area of your life, or if you're just buying the cheapest chicken or beef off the shelf, like maybe start paying attention to, okay, I'm going to buy grass fed beef now, or, you know, just don't try to overwhelm yourself by doing it all at once. Just start with like one small thing at a time. And, you know, I tell people all the time, stick to the perimeter of the grocery store because in the middle aisles is where all the junk lives. And if you go around the edge you know, you'll hit the fresh produce and you'll hit the meats and you'll, you will hit dairy. And again, if that's fine for you, eat dairy, but you'll, you'll be avoiding all of that box stuff, packaged stuff, sugary stuff, fake food, chemical food, like all that stuff that kind of lives in the middle. Um, and even that's like a super easy just thing to remember, like, okay, let me try to concentrate on just the outside of the, the grocery store. When we have Wegmans in Pennsylvania, it's like the most funnest store to go to. I love Wegmans so much. <laughs> I, I, you know, they have, we, we went to the one in State College and, and they have like the gluten-free section in the back. And, and mm-hmm. I saw this food that Jacqueline could eat that we didn't have in our other grocery stores in Colorado. And you just seen his eyes lit up. Mm-hmm. Like, I can actually have, you know, this now. And, and it was actually organic and, and stuff that he could actually eat. And mm-hmm. we're so excited. And we bought him a few things and he's like, yeah, and they're not nasty like that other stuff. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's a stereotype that's been given. If it's gluten-free, right. it's got to taste bad. Right. Well, so- and, and a lot of people think that they have to give up a lot of stuff. And I've gotten to the point where I feel like there's hardly anything that I feel like I can't have because there's always an alternative for it. There's always, 
and you know, I might have to make it at home because restaurants aren't necessarily completely up to speed with it yet, but it's like, I can bake at home and I can pretty much make anything that you enjoy. I can make it in a gluten-free version and I can even make it in a refined sugar-free version and it's still going to taste delicious. And if I don't tell you, you probably won't even know, but like you can use these sugar substitutes and these flour substitutes and you can make stuff that still tastes really good. And it's funny you mentioned Wegmans because I remember I really wanted to eat crescent rolls. Like I missed crescent rolls and that was something I could just never find. And I found recipes for it, but I was like, I don't feel like making crescent rolls from scratch. And I went to Wegmans in their gluten-free section. They had gluten-free crescent mm -hmm. rolls. <laughs> I was so excited. Well, yeah, it's, it's just little things like that. So do you have a favorite recipe that you've tried so far? Well, it's funny because you say that right away a dessert comes to mind. So that shows you I still have a sweet tooth. Like that never went away. Um, but yes, there is a recipe um, for these double chocolate fudgy brownies. And Ooh. it's funny because they are, like I just said, they are actually not only gluten-free, but they're dairy-free and they're refined sugar-free. And I know that if I tell somebody that, they're going to be like, they're going to taste gross. They're going to taste like cardboard but they are amazing. They're so good. I think the, I think the website is Gimme Some Oven. I think that's the name of it, but okay. they're fantastic. Thanks everyone for tuning in today to the Sunshiny Thoughts podcast. And a special thank you to my friend, Jen Baxter, for being my guest co-host on the show today. I hope that today's show was an encouragement and a blessing to you and that you learned a lot of information. You can learn even more if you head over to Jen's website, which is liveafastlife.com. We'll be back again with another show next week where my guest co-host will be my friend, speaker, author, and coach, Elizabeth Clamon. You won't want to miss it. Have a great day, everybody.